For Justin Jackson, a great morning consists of jumping on his bike, riding to his local coffee shop, and talking with some of his friends and his neighbors. Then, he rides over to his co-working space and works on the product that he and his co-founder John launched over a year ago, called Transistor. It's a podcast hosting and analytics tool, and it was born out of the offices of Cards Against Humanity. Yes, that Cards Against Humanity. You know, the card game that you can't play with your mom or your kids around? Well, John, Justin's co-founder, was working at Cards Against Humanity. And while Justin and John were building out a tool to help them with their podcasting, they figured, what if we launched this for everyone? Justin likes to say, every day someone wakes up and starts a podcast. So for them, they saw this as an opportunity to capitalize on that momentum. Now, this didn't come without challenges. As a self-funded company, there had been plenty. But now, a year and a half later, the market and those bike rides aren't the only thing building momentum. This is Ground Up. It's a podcast about growth, except without all the numbers. Here, we tell the stories of everything behind the numbers, the ideas, the habits, the discipline, and also the personal and professional growth of some of the smartest marketers and business owners that we know. I'm John Benini, and I'm your host. I have to say, this the support, like as a, as a new user on Transistor, is is crazy. Like you were offering to 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 code up some stuff for the podcast website, which like I, I've had some good support for, but mm-hmm. I mean, you you guys go above and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Cohen told me that. Uh, sorry, Jason Cohen is the founder of WP Engine, and he told me, really, one of your primary advantages over the competition is, in the early days, is support. And so we've taken that to heart as much as we can. Right. And, I mean, uh, there's still boundaries with with support. You know, I, I'm generally kind of on there from 9 a.m. till 5 or 6 p.m. Pacific. Pacific time. But overall, if someone messages us, we are the ones that reply and we try to give them the best kind of experience we can. Right. It's, it's just you and your co-founder, right? So that, that could be challenging because obviously you have other things going on. You're trying yeah. to build and market the product. So it's, uh, it's impressive. Um, yeah. But uh, so just to, to Transistor in general, what was the initial problem that you and John were setting out to solve? I don't know if it was... So I think John would have a different answer for this than I do. (laughs) Uh, John had built a podcast hosting platform previously. And so he always had it kind of in his head as a, a space that he understood. He's working in Chicago for Cards Against Humanity which is, I, I've been to their office. It's crazy. They have three or four studios there that are like full on broadcast level studios. And even when I was there, I think three different podcasts were recorded wow. over the weekend. Cards Against so, Humanity. Yeah. So, but other shows, not just Cards sure. Against Humanity shows, like they're just kind of this creative hub. And so he's in the midst of all this and, you know, he knows lots of podcasters and 
I, I think it was just an interesting space for him. Uh, for me, I, you know, I had always been into talk radio as a kid. I had always liked the idea of publishing and self-publishing. I started my own podcast in 2012 and I wasn't just interested in making podcasts. I was interested in the podcast community. Right. So I was, you know, part of tons of forums and uh, Google Plus groups and <laughs> all, all sorts of stuff. Google Plus, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and I think what changed my mind about podcasting in terms of, you know, a potential business opportunity is that I just started to notice more and more businesses were starting shows. It became, uh, you know, part of their marketing checklist. We need a blog. We need a social media strategy. And hey, we should have one of these podcasts. Uh, that, from a business perspective, that's more interesting because, you know, a, a business is willing to invest money into something and sustain it over a long period of time. So when I saw that and just the momentum in the market, um, you know, I, I was talking to Josh at Zencaster quite a bit, uh, just through my other show and I got to know him and he was saying, you know, podcasting is growing in ways you might be surprised about. Like he said, you know, there's a lot of lawyers that have podcasts <laughs> and you've never heard of their show, but every week they record a show and you know, they're publishing it. And so noticing the momentum in the market was kind of key for me. Right. And I've heard you refer to, to, to podcast hosting before as like, it might be a boring and competitive space, but that you like mm -hmm. that. Can you explain that? Yeah, it's, I, I like it because there's, there is evidence of people buying. There's momentum there every day hundreds or thousands of people get up and go to Google and search, how do I start a podcast? Where do I host a podcast? Uh, what is the best podcast host? How do I get analytics for my podcast? There's all of this momentum. And that is, uh, when you're starting a business, that's really what you want. You want evidence that every day there's thousands of people that are getting up and are looking for a solution or are looking for, uh, you, like they want to buy. They've got the money in hand, and they're like, I just need to figure out this piece. And so uh, those are great because the, the space exists in people's heads. The category exists. Even if they don't know that you need to host a podcast, right. they, they know They're going to get to that part, yeah. <laughs> they're going to get to that part. As opposed to starting something brand new that nobody's ever heard of sure, before. Sure, you have to explain it, right, yeah. Educate the market, right. Exactly, yeah. So, though, especially if you're bootstrapping, I think existing product categories that have momentum uh, are way better than you know something new that no one's ever thought of or maybe just a good idea that you sure. feel should exist, but it's just going to take so much work to, you know, pull people over to your side. Uh, I, w once we got to the point of saying, okay, we're going to do Transistor, I was convinced that 
there's enough momentum that people already were in motion and I wouldn't have to be like pulling them over to my side all day. Right. They would just show up at our door uh, with, you know, ready to buy. And it still feels like early days. Like if you compare the number of podcasts to the number of blogs, let's say, that mm-hmm. businesses have, it's the obviously blogging dwarfs it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the discoverability of it, like I know Google has made moves to make podcasts more discoverable. But I think mm-hmm. as those things continue to evolve, uh, like the, I think that you'll we'll see podcasting blow up even more. We'll look at days like today and think, oh, remember 2019 when, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's only 700,000 yeah. shows <laughs> instead of instead of 10 million. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, there are definitely differences, but. There's something like 36 million, uh, okay, I I don't want to get my numbers wrong here, 36 million active YouTube channels, meaning they have more than 10 subscribers. Uh, And so the fact that podcasting hasn't even broken a million podcasts. Uh, The other thing a lot of folks don't realize is that the number of active shows, like shows in active production, is also quite low. Uh, I've seen numbers you know, as low as 25% of podcasts on Apple podcasts have had a a new episode in the last three weeks. So if you're thinking about starting something, even if it doesn't last forever, even if you only publish 12 episodes, that's still, there's these opportunities opening up all the time where someone is listening to one show and, you know, their season ends and they're looking for something else to listen to. Right. And you could be that, you know, you could be that show that they listen to. Also, I think, that, you know, the other day I was out for dinner with my wife and we knew the owner. And he's, he's like, what is a podcast? Like, he still doesn't know what a podcast is. Uh, and I had to, he's like, is it a video that I watch on my phone? And he, he didn't understand. And so... The discoverability of podcasts, I think, is still very relational. It's it's word of mouth. It's people like me going, okay, well, let me show you. Take out your phone. Yep. And uh, you have Apple Podcasts. Okay, there it is. Who do you like? Do you like Conan O'Brien? Okay, Conan, <laughs> Conan's got a great show. Here's how you do it. And then painting a picture of how he might listen to a podcast. So he always goes behind the the restaurant for a cigarette. You know, I painted the picture when he's out having a smoke and behind the restaurant. You say, okay, while you're doing that, you just listen to a show. You just have it in your earbuds, right? right? So there's, yeah, I think there's still, I could be wrong. <laughs> like we, we, we could be in a podcast bubble. This might be as good as it gets. Yeah. But uh, my, my sense is that it still has uh, some headroom there to grow. Yeah, given our reliance on the, the devices that we're all using and carrying everywhere, I, I doubt that it's, yeah, I, I don't think this is as good as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so what went into building that, like the initial MVP? Because you, you both had other jobs, you and your mm-hmm. co-founder, John. John worked at Cards Against Humanity, and then you had your own business. So mm-hmm. you were doing this part-time for a while. Is that how that worked? Like what went into building that initial product? So he had started working on it uh, back in 2017, just kind of on the side, you know, he'd built something like this before and he was like, okay, I want to, I want to try to build kind of the next version of this. And I think it was, you know, mostly just for personal interest. And then cards against humanity was saying they were going to launch a show. And he said, oh, well maybe they can use this thing I've been working on on the side. And so they launched their show December 
And then him and I started talking about, well, maybe we should turn this into a business. Like it could just be a tool that cards uses internally, or we could actually, you know, launch it to the public. And so by the time, you know, him and I signed our partnership docs, which was probably, probably a couple months after we started talking, uh, we already had, you know, we already had a customer. Uh, we almost immediately in March opened it up to beta customers. So, uh, we had, I think, yeah, something like 50 customers. By by the time we launched officially in August of 2018, we had 50 paying customers already. So yeah, the and and we were building and adding and and uh, you know making it production ready between, let's say, yeah, February and August 2018. But uh, wasn't a, a long time. Um, so Cards Against Humanity was your first customer. Were yeah, that's right. Were you basically outfitting the product based on their needs at that point? Initially, yeah. yeah. Initi- the first version was, here's what Cards Against Humanity needs. And yeah, and then when we decided, okay, we're going to make this a product for everybody, from March until August was us you know, getting feedback from those beta customers and saying, what, how can we make this work for a bigger group of people? Right. And, uh, how did you, so at what point did you, so you, the the cards against humanity that was happening, uh, you said Mm -hmm. you had about 50 customers as of August, 2018 was when you officially launched. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when did you and John both like leave your jobs and say like, all right, this is our full-time gig. We're going all in on transistor. Yeah, so I, I've actually been writing this down lately because I, I feel like our history is already escaping us a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so April of 2019, we hit $10,000 in monthly recurring revenue. And that's kind of where I say I went full-time. I had already been shifting my focus uh, over time more and more to Transistor because I had my own business. It was hard for me right. to not work on it. Sure. But April of 2019 is when I got my um, my first paycheck. And so that kind of feels like, okay, that's kind of when I went full time. And then July of 2019 is uh, when John quit his job and went full time. At Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. So was that when you kind of felt like, okay, we have a business here? Or did that happen before then? Or, or do you still not feel that way yet? Oh, I mean, we, so I think I wrote this blog post in July, right before we launched, we were, you know, we had these 50 customers, but we were only at like $750 a month in monthly revenue. And by that point we'd been working on it for, you know, six months or something. And I was starting to feel the pressure then for sure of is this i was doing some forecasting like okay let's say we double revenue when we launch to fifteen hundred dollars how long does it take us to get to twenty thousand dollars in recurring revenue and 
you know, I said, I, I've been working at for software companies my whole life. And so I, I started doing some estimating and okay, well, if we grow 10% month over month with 5% churn, it's going to take us 60 months. <laughs> That's a long time, you know? And I think in our heads, the first milestone we wanted to hit was 10K because then it feels like, okay, that's like, there's very few bootstrapped businesses, software businesses that ever even get to that level. And then 20K was the next kind of milestone. And then we kind of feel like a a sustainable long-term business is around 50k and the way we figure that in our head is 50 percent of revenue is for salaries and so if you split 50k in half that's 25k and then if we only have two people working there john and i you split that in half and it's like okay that's like roughly um where we'd want to be it's still not even even then quite at what we were at when we were working, you know, before, but it's at least in the ballpark of right. this is a reasonable salary or whatever. And so that's kind of what we're aiming for now is 50k. But right now, you know, every month I write each of us a check from Transistor and it feels great. It feels like uh I'll probably have a hard time paying for my kids college if if it keeps going like this, <laughs> but uh, the the money we're earning right now personally is enough to sustain us, and uh, I definitely don't have that same stress of, you know, are we do we need to get a bunch of investors in here just to like float this thing? Uh, it feels like no, our customers are funding the future, and what we're what we're making right now is enough for us to live and work full time on this. How did you net you mentioned those first 50 customers uh, at the you know that you had at the point of launch? How did you net those first 50? Like what what kinds of things were you doing? Was it all just friends and family type of thing your network? Like how did you net those first 50 customers? So I had built a pretty big audience uh, over the years from podcasting and blogging and my other projects. And so I would say, you know, now we have thousands of customers, but the first 100, 200 customers, uh, a lot of those came from my audience. And then maybe 15% of our first 100 customers came from John's network uh, from Chicago. And yeah, uh, so not really friends and family. It was more like acquaintances, uh, folks that were, you know, who were familiar with my work before. Uh, That really did help. So when you say your audience, do you mean like tweeting? You're blogging about it on your blog? Like what what kinds Mm -hmm. of things did you do to engage your audience in that way? Yeah, I mean, just sharing the journey. So uh, my, my first podcast was called Product People. It was... Uh, product uh, podcast focused on you know bootstrapped founders building software companies some of the best kind of product thinkers at the time and so uh, a lot of my audience were similar folks uh, a lot of software developers a lot of people in San Francisco and so they yeah they were eager to hear about what's Justin doing next 
and to share the story of, oh, hey, I've I've teamed up with John and we're going to try to do this thing and we're going to share everything that we're doing from the beginning was really compelling for them. So, yeah, on Twitter, I'd share about it all the time. I still do uh, on my newsletter and on my blog. I would I'd be talking about it all the time. And so there's still only two of you, right? You and your co-founder. So yeah. how do how do the two of you split up responsibility? So like who's who's building the product, who's marketing, who's selling? Uh, like mm-hmm. how do you divvy up those responsibilities? I would say we both work on the product, and uh, yeah, so we both work on the product. We're both thinking about the product. We're both mocking things up. We're both prototyping ideas. We're both listening to customers. We're both, you know, doing all that work. John is doing most of the building. So he's taking most of those mock-ups and flows and drawings, and he's uh, turning that into code and, you know, the product itself. Although I've been pushing myself to uh, do more of that, my, do more programming myself because I want I don't want to become disconnected from that part of the business. So, uh, or keep your chops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm actually building my chops in a lot of ways because I, I've always been technical, but programming is this one thing that's always kind of eluded me. And so now to have a, a product that I own. And being, and wanting to contribute to it in a meaningful way has been really motivating. So I, I've been doing these live streams where I'll just like go live and I'll be like, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to like add this one thing in Ruby on Rails. And because I've built an audience of folks that do that for a living, they show up and often will help me figure it out. So my goal is to become a competent junior level developer. But most of the marketing and promotion uh, is on my side. So, yeah, I would say most of the building and programming John's doing, most of the marketing I'm doing, but we would both be focused on product and thinking about product all the time. What kinds of things are working these days? I know you've done some work with affiliates, like in terms of marketing, like what what's working right now in terms of channels? Yeah, I mean... Definitely being transparent, I think, has helped a lot. Right. In because what we're way? Sh- well, because we're sharing our story and it's interesting. Hey, there's this guy from Canada. He meets this other guy in uh, Chicago and, you know, they hang out and get to know each other for a few years. They build a few little things. All of a sudden they're teaming up and it's, it's something you know, it's it's a story people are interested in already. The self-funded aspect too, I think, is relatable to most businesses who aren't plugged in and getting millions of dollars of capital, right? Yeah, totally, totally. So I, I think the layers that we built over our lifetime have helped, which is the part a lot of folks don't talk about. Like, hey, what's working <laughs> with marketing? Well, the you know, I'm 39 years old. I, there's like 20 years of professional experience and building this audience and meeting people and making connections and learning skills. And, you know, like I have this natural flow of from Monday to Friday 
I'm tweeting probably hundreds of times. I've probably made, you know, 30, 40 videos in a, a week, uh, like just small little things that I'm sharing all the time. I'm writing a weekly newsletter. I'm uh, writing all the time. I'm thinking out loud. I'm engaged in forums. I'm engaged on Reddit. Like I have just this natural flow that is second nature to me that has become just kind of the fabric of my life that took a long time to, right, to, <laughs> to build. Yeah. To, to build. And same with John. You know, he's got 20 years of professional experience of meeting people in Chicago and networking them and getting to know them. And, and so, you know, sometimes it'll be like him and I will have a call and we'll be like, okay, uh, we need to like promote this thing. And I'll be like, oh, you know, we can talk to Bill who I met over here. And he'll be like, oh, I had this interesting meeting today. I just ran into someone at the coffee shop that does this. And so a lot of it is that. And uh, that's the stuff you can't just fire up overnight. In terms of, you know, just tactics that are working for us, um, I think in the absence of that context, these tactics probably won't work for people as well. Uh, but affiliates is really working well. Search engine optimization is working really well. Uh, community engagement is working really well. Having our own podcast is working well. Doing things that don't scale, like giving people a great experience for support, uh, going the extra mile and helping them do something that's really hard to do. Uh, I spend a lot of my time listening to new podcasts that have no audience and finding little clips and turning those into shareable videos and then posting them on Instagram, you know, giving people these little gifts of, uh, I noticed your show and here I'm going to tell people about it. That's a lot of my time. And, and, you know, when I ask people, Hey, how'd you hear about us? What, what brought you here today? A surprising number say, oh, well, I had someone here at the office is familiar with you somehow. So where does that come from? <laughs> it probably comes from all of the above. There's this huge stack of things that we're standing on. And to attribute it to just one thing, you know, would be difficult. I, I know when I look at our analytics, like where do people come from and how do they get here? Sometimes it's just a simple search. You know, how do I start a podcast? But sometimes it's, you can see there was multiple touch points, sometimes going back years that brought them to us that day. Right. Community development. Yeah. Over, over years. Yeah. And, and you've had a blog and podcast for a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. In terms of like the overall vision of the company. Mm -hmm. what in terms of building out a team like what is what are your thoughts there is is there is there a plan for that or is it still sort of you know you're, you're kind of in the foxhole with john and mm -hmm. you know building this out um what what is like when you think about building out a team and what that could look like what do you what do you think about yeah right now we don't really want to build out a team uh and it's probably related to we just have these milestones we want to hit first right and I think I, I'm right. I realize the more I do this, I realize that feelings can change. So right now, our feeling is we really like working together. We really like having 
low overhead. We really like having a simple business that does not have a lot of complexity. But that could change. But for the time being, you know, for the next six months, the next 12 months, we're kind of focused on just building great product, serving our customers, and also at the same time having a great life. So we wanted to build in, like, why are we doing this? Do we want to do this just so, like, if we hired a bunch of people or took on a bunch of funding, what kind of life would that lead to? And it just sounds like a bunch of stress, you know? So, like, built into the way we work right now is, John, I'm going snowboarding. Justin, I'm going running. Uh, I don't feel great today. I'm just, I'm just not going to do much. Uh, or, hey, I want to take a train up to you know, the lake and hang out there. That, that's part of what we're building the company for. And we don't want to sacrifice that sure. for anything else. And so even though we're not making very much money right now, I'm the least stressed I've ever been. I'm the most calm I've ever been. I'm enjoying my life, which is the same life I would have if I suddenly had millions of dollars in my bank account. Ride my bike down to the coffee shop, get to see people in my community that I see every day, ask them about their day, have a cup of coffee, walk down Main Street. I've got some friends that run businesses on Main Street you know, stop in, chat with them, get to this co-working place that I started a few years ago with some other people, ask people how their day's going, settle in to work at a like 9.30 or 10, and then answer support, you know, do some work, go for lunch. And if my kid calls me at three o'clock and wants me to pick him up from school early that day, I can, I can go. So most days I'm working about eight hours, and but I've got this flexibility in there to, you know, like every week I write a, a blog post or a newsletter for my personal list, and I want to continue to do that till I die. <laughs> right. So, uh, and that's what I would, wa- if I had a million dollars, that's what I would be wanting to do anyway right? I just want to be writing. I want to be podcasting. I want to be making interesting things, exploring ideas. And to get to do that now feels like such a gift. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of our vision for the company right now. I think if we did bring other people on, you know, we would want to incorporate them into that vision somehow. I want to share that vision, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and we certainly get a lot of folks that are interested. Uh, I think when you share your story and, you know, there's a, there's a chemistry that John and I have and a way of working that's very attractive. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of people ask us if they can work with us. But right now, we just really want to get this company to a sustainable place. And I think once we hit 50K in monthly revenue, then we'll start thinking about other stuff. I was going to say, what, what, what are those milestones? Like, how, you know, how do you, how do you, how did you go about setting goals, especially early on? I mean, it, it still is early days for mm-hmm. Transistor when you really didn't have like a baseline, right? To go off of. And you also don't have the pressure, let's say of, of a, 
of a you know venture funded company or a seed funded company that maybe has to hit these milestones, right? So like, mm-hmm. how did you go about setting goals, and how do you go about it today? Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe without those external pressures, and maybe without some of the baseline information to go off of historical data. Sure. I mean, initially we we knew we're both in our late 30s. We both live in North America. We both have mortgages. I have kids. We know that there's if we're going to do this full time, which is what we wanted. So we were very clear about what do we want this to be? Is this just another fun project for us to work on the side? Because we've done that before. Or is this going to be something that is actually becomes our project, the project that we focus on? If it's going to be the project, it has to provide a full-time income. And so that has kind of set our milestones just right there. We know, okay, we're going to, you know, each want to be earning this much personally. And so if you work yourself backwards from that and you think, you know, uh, I read this book called Profit First that talks about basically setting uh you know, percentages of revenue. So you deposit $1,000 in your business bank account, you instantly take 5% profit, put that in an account. And then you take 15% uh, of your revenue and put that into an account for taxes. And then you take uh, 50% or whatever percentage you decide and put that in another account for salary. And then whatever's left over, you have for expenses. And that kind of template was helpful as well going okay well now we know what kind of revenue we need to be earning from this and we're going to celebrate every you know every milestone we hit but we know that eventually we're aiming for like i said about 50k in monthly revenue and yeah beyond that uh i think everything's kind of gravy right beyond that it's like what do we want to do next maybe at that point, we're bored and we want to grow a team, <laughs> right? Or maybe we're bored and we want to try to raise a bunch of money and try something new. Uh, maybe Spotify offers us a hundred million and we go, oh, okay, maybe we'll take that, right? That there's uh, there's all sorts of things that could happen in the future, but our baseline is we want this to be a business that's sustainable, that sustains us, that is valuable for customers that you know that really makes customers lives better but also gives us the lifestyle that we want right and as you work towards that 50 million number what kinds of things do you think you'll have to do in order to to hit that is it just continuing consistency in what you're doing now do you see uh your and john responsibilities changing in some way like what do you think what do you think has to be done in order to get there yeah, in the time so, frame that you're looking to do it by. Sorry, you said fifty million. Do you mean the fifty thousand? Fifty thousand. Yeah, fifty. Yeah. Fifty million yeah. might be a few more years out. Yeah. Yeah. F- yeah. Fifty thousand. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, it's going to be doing more of what we're already doing, and testing out new things along the way. But uh, one of the nice things about being in a market with momentum is that part of the flow of the river that we're in carries us just because the market's already moving. Sure. And so uh, I've been talking about this a lot lately because I feel like 
the market you're in, this is a quote from Sahil, uh, who's the founder of Gumroad, the market you're in will determine most of your growth and also determines your growth rate to a large extent. And so I see some markets where they hire these incredible growth marketers and these these folks who are incredibly talented are just doing every trick in the book, but they can't grow past a certain benchmark. And that's because they've hit the limit of that market's growth potential. That market is just going to grow at 5% month over month, no matter what. You can't, you can't, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you're not going to be able to juice the market more than it's already growing. And so uh, that that's kind of the way it is, right? So yeah, I think we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And uh, if we, if, if things stall out, it's going to either mean that we've hit a plateau that we need to, you know, be doing other things to, to grow more like the, the, what brought us there won't bring us to the next level. Uh, and that can happen or the market has just stopped growing and we either have to, uh, pivot to a different market or, you know, just be okay with the rate in which the market's growing. I think what what you're also seeing probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, uh, and I think something that works in your favor, is a lot of the, I say early podcasters, really, uh, that's it's people who've been doing it for a few years now, mm-hmm. are starting to move off of the hosts that maybe they jumped on early on, SoundCloud mm-hmm. and, and things like that, that mm-hmm. were super bare bones, uh, were black boxes for analytics. Uh, it's still tough to measure analytics with with certainty, obviously with podcasts. But yeah. uh, like, do you, do you think that helps? Is like, you know, even in even just in our case, right? Moving off of SoundCloud to Transistor was like turning on a mm-hmm. light in a dark room, right? Mm-hmm. And it made everything so yeah. much easier, and it automates so many things. Um, do you find that there's a lot of people switching off of maybe these like old legacy platforms that when people first started podcasting they jumped on, and now they just need something more? Yeah, totally. I, I kind of define momentum. I, I'm using this word momentum and motion and activity uh, to describe the 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 activity that customers are taking every day. Every day, there's someone new who has never started a podcast that wakes up and starts a podcast. Every day, there's someone who's been podcasting for years and is on an old platform decides to switch to a, a different platform, right? Um, and so that's the kind of momentum I, uh, that, that I'm talking about that I think uh, an existing category has in terms of you know, the benefits. If every day there's new people signing up and every day there's existing people that you know, are looking for something different, you've got to, that's a great market. And um, we have an advantage right now that we won't have forever, which is we're the new kid on the block, (laughs) you know, and already that's starting to fade a little bit. There's new competitors that are coming on. And, uh, it's actually one of the disadvantages of being a transparent startup is that, uh, we have noticed a lot of folks, uh, see what we're doing and then want to start up and try to replicate it. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the having especially big incumbents 
who are, you know, have hundreds of thousands of customers. When you see someone like that, and you can still see people are still buying and sell, like, sorry, buying and switching to, and like that, that, that activity should make you think, oh, well, if they have that many customers, I could probably start something and carve off a little slice of the market for me, right? So, yeah, I think that's, that's been uh, hugely beneficial for sure. Where do you think the product, like, it, wh- wh- where is the product going from here in terms of how do you continue to expand it? I know you tweeted something the other day that you said you couldn't talk about, about new features mm-hmm. in the product. So, hey, if you want to drop a scoop here, we could do that. <laughs> but, wh- uh, it, you know, more generally, like, wh- where does the product go from here? Is it, you know, uh, promotional features? Is it like, wh- what kinds of things... Uh, you know, is is on the roadmap for expanding the product. Yeah, so I think we we've really tried to listen to customers. Now, listening to customers doesn't mean that every single person that comes to you with an idea, you then go and implement that idea. Uh, we've had a little bit of that, and it's it's not been helpful. <laughs> uh, listening to customers also means you don't just take one qualitative piece of data and then just go, okay, well, that's a data point. Data evolves, right? Data change. You have one data point here. So for example, for a while, we were getting tons of folks saying, you need to add dynamic ad insertion. You just need to. And people were switching off of us to a competitor. And it bummed me out. And John and I were like, okay, well, we need to add this feature. And so we started wiring it up. But over time, we had some of those customers come back and go, you know what, I didn't use that dynamic ad insertion as much as I thought I would. <laughs> and you know, now when people suggest dynamic ad insertion, I really dig into, are you doing this right now? And if they haven't never done it before, I'm suspicious that you know, this is a, a thing that is going to be you know, something that... The, a big group of people, a big group of our customers are going to need. Now, we might still build it. It's still an idea. We've got it all like kind of shaped up for a future dev cycle if we want to do it that way. But I think we've had the benefit now of thousands of customer conversations, not just conversations that happened at one point in time, but conversations that happened multiple points in time. We could see people's behavior evolve and their their kind of <laughs> language evolve and we're now using that information to decide okay what do we this is something we stole from basecamp what do we have the appetite for meaning what's interesting to us personally but also where do we think customers are going and i think like this next thing we're building if it all works out and we, re- we release it, um, it feels like we're going in a different direction than a lot of our competitors are going, but it's because we've been listening to customers and hearing what they're saying and, um, and being very focused on what are some things we could build that actually match up with not only our, people are requesting, but their actions. Like they've already proven with their actions that this is an interesting, 
and not just an interesting, a useful thing that they will use. Like they'll actually get benefit from it. As opposed to uh, another feature I, we kind of complain about a lot that we built is this, we, we built a, a feature that allows you to automatically cross post to YouTube. And we did it because it was like people were requesting it. It felt like a cool feature that we could bang out in a day. It has given us so much trouble. <laughs> uh, like the, the integration breaks all the time. You have to validate your account on YouTube and people don't know how to do that. Um, it's like it requires us to render video, which takes a lot of processing power. There's just all these places it can break. And people said they wanted it. But it actually, for most customers, there's a there's some exceptions. For most customers, it does not matter. Most customers, they get one or two views on those YouTube videos, and it is not improving their their show or their reach or anything. And so, um, it, it, that's like the that's like the definition of a nice to have right there, right. right? Like it's like something that people like for emotional reasons, but doesn't actually give them the forward progress they truly desire. And so. We're, we're trying to be more careful nowadays about what we commit ourselves to. And we're very suspicious um, of, of not, not in a bad way, but in a way of like people say that they want things all the time, but their behavior is what shows what they truly want, what they truly will use. And we've all done this. We've all said, I really want this product or I really want this feature only to find that when we get it, we never use it. Yep. And so to, to, to focus on what's going to get usage, what's going to actually make people's lives better, let's focus on those things as much as we can. And we're still guessing to a certain extent, but it's like these very informed guesses based on, like I said, thousands of customer conversations when are you uh building an api so we could track all these analytics and, and data box <laughs> <laughs> that is on our roadmap as well <laughs> uh, i think that's that's a great example of like an api is an example of something that has um i can see usage already right. in the sense that i see people doing all these kind of hacks to get data out of transistor or even like hacks in order to cross post episodes from transistor into WordPress and all these other things. And so I can see, uh, that's an example of, Oh, this is something that actually has real world usage right now with duct tape and glue and everything else. So yeah, that's, it's on our list. It's on our, but, but we know we're not doing anybody any good if we say yeah we're gonna do that and then we do it half-assed or sure, yeah um or we just it it drags on forever and it never gets done and so we we're focusing on one thing at a time and shipping these things just one thing at a time truth is i've worked on all sorts of teams i can observe all sorts of teams this is probably some of the this is probably one of the most productive times we'll ever have when it's just two of us in a room working together, building things. There's no other distractions. And so I feel like right now as a two-person team, 
we're still shipping faster than a lot of our competitors. And uh, it used to stress me out that maybe we weren't doing enough and you know we've got this big list of things. But that's going to exist forever. It's just going to get harder to do this in the future. <laughs> There's going to be more people and more process and, and we're going to have to eventually do that. But right now I'm trying to enjoy this, this period of just, yeah, let's just focus on one thing at a time. Let's really do things well and not get stressed out about all the things on our to-do list. That'll be there forever. <laughs> yeah, you're productive. You're not weighed down in meetings all day. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to try to cult- cultivate a culture that, you know, does this for no matter how many people we have. But it's nice to just be able to enjoy the process and go, this is a great time. So, Justin, thanks a lot for coming on. It's been really interesting to follow the story uh, I know you're really transparent with the company's financials. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're always sharing that stuff on on social. So it's been really interesting and fascinating to just watch the journey as you shared on here. But it was super interesting to have you come on here and hear mm-hmm. it firsthand and, and have you share the story and, and the level of transparency that you offer. So thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun and looking forward to to seeing the progress, not just uh, as, a, as a fan, but as a user. So yeah. this was yeah, fun. Well- but I'm glad I'm glad to share the story. I think like this is just one point in time. So you, you could have me on again in six months or two years, and yeah, and things might have changed then too, right? The, the, our perspectives are always about what's happening now, and so I think for folks to keep that in mind is important. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.